Still Dawson Reese. Guess who's back? everyone and welcome back to another edition of the DOS Dissection. Welcome back for episode nine of this year. I'm joined today as always by Reese, and we have a special guest on today and that's Mr. Chris Bandy. Welcome Reese, and welcome Bandy. Yeah thanks mate good to be here. Thanks thanks Carolyn good to see you Bandy for the first time on our show. Uh, hopefully I can add some value. Yeah, we've just been chatting and it turns out Bandy is actually quite good. He usually plays with us in the draft comp. Apparently, I didn't extend uh, an invitation this year from doing our classic, but he might join with us next year. Or maybe we don't want him to because apparently he got up to 300th spot this year overall, but now he's back down to around 3,000. So you're having a pretty good year, Bandy. Yeah, no, probably the, the better year that I've had. Actually paid attention to kind of break-evens and played the, played the break-even game with money, which helps. So yeah, it's um, been good. Yep, it's all the uh, stock trading. You got to buy them when they're low, sell them when they're high. Absolutely. The Get your spreadsheets out. No, I'm not not quite that advanced, but you know, just pay the twenty five bucks or whatever it is to get the get the Supercoach Gold. It's surprising how much that does help. Yep, it is good to see that. Expected appreciation. Pretty happy you didn't invite him now, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to rethink that about next year. We'll, we'll see. Uh, all right, let's start by having a look back at the matches that were this week, as we like to do for round 10. Uh, we'll start at the top. So the top was me against Charlie. And I used to be Charlie's nemesis and always get him. But this year, he's actually got me twice. This is the second time he's got me. And he got the job done quite comfortably uh, over me this time, partly because I had big Prussia, but and he captained Oliver, who scored 178. But in the end, he got me by over 200 points. So just smashed me. So no surprises there, really. Charlie's having a great year this year. So well done, Charlie. Next up, we had Ripper, the match of the week. And that was Doss up against Shagger. Shagger was on top of the ladder. He's also traveling very nicely. And this was a massive underdog um, achievement by Doss. David Goliath kind of stuff. And Doss has managed to sneak the win by one point. Looked like it was going to be a draw. And then a, an update after the game put Doss in front by one point. What do you think of that one, Racy? Oh, I don't know how he's done it, to be honest. And um, I'm sure we all got the messages in the group um, after the final game. Uh, he was pretty happy with himself, uh, young David. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was happy to rub in my tip. Uh, that, you know, a, a tip shagger, as, as you would. He's on top of the ladder, but... Well done, Doss. I think this will be your grand final for the year. I can't see you uh, getting too many more Ws, but um, enjoy it while you can. Let's take this chance to have a look through Doss's team and dissect it, as we like to do. I'm sure Bandy would like to hear all about Doss's team, who's in it. So let's start at the top. And he does have quite a few pods, um, as, as Doss likes to, to have in his team. So let me just run through it for them from top to bottom. So we've got Wits, Deconi. Tristan Sherry, still holding on to Sherry. He hasn't traded him out for some reason. Uh, Sinclair, got a massive 138 for him on the weekend. So it's a nice pick there. Dion Prestia, who also did very well for him. Uh, 126. He's not going to get that every game. Uh, he's also not going to play every game, but uh, did well for him in this game. Dusty Martin, didn't do so well with the 78. Josh Kelly could be back. He's an interesting one, actually, we could talk about. He started to get some mid-minutes again, although the Giants did have a few out. 
He got 125. There's Tom Green, Daniel Rich, Nick Dacos. Then he's got George Hewitt, Cripps, Butters, Dunkley, Sam Hayes, Nick Martin, Cornelio, Greg Clark, Neil, Sicily, Brody, Crisp. So those last ones, pretty solid. But yeah, some of the, the top line ones, uh, interesting. And he does, of course, have Jerk Thatcher on his bench still, um, which is great to see. And we'll discuss a bit later because we just saw that Jerk Thatcher actually did come back into that Essendon side. So he's, uh, he's going to be able to rely on him this week. Might get him over the line. What do you think of that team there, yeah. Bandy? It's certainly interesting. I was pretty concerned with the first 10 names you, you read out. Um, <laughs> the little Rissol, uh, Dion Prestia for one. Um, <laughs> but then you can't argue with it because 126 uh, probably puts him over the top and gets him that win last week. So yep. maybe Doss can see what we can't. Maybe Zerk Thatcher's primed for a big 126 himself this week. The ball will be down there enough. So you'd assume that he'd probably pick up a bit of defence. That might have been his thinking, actually. He might have been thinking the ball's down in defence a lot. Bombers are shit. Get Zerk Thatcher in. Shoe in for at least an 80. Get some money out of it. But uh, hasn't panned out that way so far. Let's see what his highest score is for the year so far. Zerk Thatcher. He did get an 89 in round five. Round 655 got dropped. And then round eight, a 23. So uh, not going so well after that. I think Prestia is the most interesting pick of the lot. And, you know, he did get 126 on the weekend, which got him the win, averaging 92. I don't know who Doss is thinking is, but, hey, it's, it's paid off so far and definitely a pod. So He's yeah, cheap as well. Yeah. So <laughs> selections for, for Supercoach, only 483 selections. So that, that says it all. Yep, definitely a verified pod. All right. Let's move on. We've got the next match. High, I oh know not the high score of the round. It was Rod against Butcher. And Butcher actually had a reasonably high score, but Rod got the job done over him by 50 points. Not a surprise in the result, but Butcher not too bad with his score, 23-21. So well done, Butch. You gave him a good run for his money. Butcher lost everything on the weekend then because he lost draft as well. Yeah, poor Butch. He's, he's looking all right in draft. Though. I think he's sitting, sitting around fourth or something, isn't he? So he's doing okay. I reckon Butch is a little unlucky there because uh, Rod captain Oliver and, you know, Butch mm. only went down by less than 50 points. Um, and Butcher does have Oliver too. So if he, if he captained yep. him, it, it probably would have been the difference. So yep. what a unlucky been. Butcher. Unlucky Butcher, but uh, a port, a good coach won't blame his uh, captain choice, will he? So he's just going to cop that one. He's only got himself to blame, Callum. He does. That's why he's down the bottom. And next match, we had Bailey up against the Dos Destroyer, who is Chunter. Chunter has named his team this year, Bandy, the Dos Destroyer. He wants to destroy Dos, but he actually came up against Dos and uh, Dos destroyed him last week, wasn't it? So uh, he's also sitting in ninth position on the ladder. So he's just failing all his um, goals this year, really. So poor Chunter. How's he going, still worried in, about how's he going in classic? Yeah, that's how he's going. So he's ninth position on the ladder. Um, old Chunter. So he's not doing yeah, too right. well. We're a bit worried about him, Bandy, because after Doss beat him the other week, we haven't heard from him. Um, he hasn't returned any messages, hasn't seen any messages, and I don't think he's changed his team. So he might have chucked the towel in the young fella. Yeah, he might have just locked the door, threw away the keys, and he's coming back next season. 
But Bailey got the job over, done over him by about 70 points. So, well done, Bales. And then the last match of the round was Big Dog Joel. Got the job done over Eurace by quite a bit. Want to talk us through that? Yep. Uh, yeah, I had every primo didn't perform. Tookie Miller, 59. Gorn, 89. You know, even Laird wasn't that great. You know, so McRae, 104. Not, not good enough out of my primos, but... Yeah, Joel, by the looks of it, has has pretty much a, a full, complete team now. There's, I don't think he's got any rookies on the field, uh, maybe one. So, yeah, it'd be, be interesting if um, how Joel goes in the later stages, but he, he looks pretty solid at the top with six wins in a row. Yeah, Joel's doing very well. So, uh, good to see he's taking all of the learnings he's getting from the pod, putting them to use, and uh, he's become a... Almost verified big dog. I reckon a couple more wins and we can call him a verified big dog. <laughs> well done, Joel. All right. So seeing as we're recording on a Thursday night, we can actually go through some of the uh, team lineups, the team announcements that come out today. And a few might have seen them already, but let's take a look at the most important ones and see what they might mean to a few of the teams out there. So first up for the Friday night, is Sydney Swans versus Richmond. And the one out of this one, which could affect some people, I thought is possibly James Robottom coming in. So it could affect Heaney's CBAs. He had a few more CBAs um, last week. I think he had it in the around 15 or so, which he hadn't had for a few weeks. Um, so it could potentially affect him. But then on the other side, JPK, Josh B. Kennedy's out. So maybe that'll um, compensate for that a little bit. But apart from that, I don't think there's any other big ones which would impact anyone in that game. Um, oh, you've got... You've got the new kid, Matthew Roberts, coming in out of um, yeah. South Australia, who's a big inside ball-winning mid as well. So I don't think you're bringing him in unless you're planning to play him in the guts and give him every chance of success. So I think there's a there's a bit going on there through the mids if you've got a Sydney mid floating around. Mm. Yeah, right. So it could affect Heaney, potentially Luke Parker as well, um, although Heaney's the one most likely to drop out of that, of course. And the big kick he's out as well. Don't know if anyone would have him, but... Tom Hickey's also got a toe injury or something. So that's the first game. The next one, the suitcase for this is Brisbane Lions versus the Giants. And the suitcase, old Hugh McLuggage, is out. Don't know what's wrong with him, but he's injured or something. Um, hamstring. Hamstring. I think that's the only relevant one for Brisbane. But then for the Giants, there's quite a few. So for the Giants, you've got Taranto, not back. Still got his back problem. Whitfield, still having a problem with his ankle. And Proust, not back either, which is one shall affect a lot of people, including me. You boys got Proust or any of those other sure. other two? Yeah, I do. So I got rid of Whitfield last week because he had to go. He's been horrible. But I've got Proust, who's been bloody good, and he's probably going to have to go too. Yeah, yeah I'm the same. I've got Proust in my lineup. I don't know. I'm... I could hold him because uh, I think still think he's got a bit of money to make um, and hopefully Sam Hayes gets a game, but I think he's named on the bench as well. So I'll have to wait and see what the teams are. And if anyone's got Whitfield, get rid of him now. He's, he's terrible. He's, Shitfield is no good this year. Yeah, I got rid of Shitfield last week as well because I thought it was their bias coming up next week. So it just made sense. They're going to give him another rest. But Proust was hoping he'd be back. I don't think many have Toronto, but um, that could be an interesting one if you've got him. Chanta if you've got him, him, I'd probably say hold. Does he? Yeah. Chanta's the only one in our league who has him. So Chanta's got a decision to make. 
Um, but yeah, Prusi, that's a problem. And yeah, the other thing that makes it worse is Hayes because yeah, a lot, a lot of people might have Hayes hoping for cover, but yeah, that was a surprise to see him on the bench and they named like Finlayson in the ruck because Dixon's also back in. So they could be planning to just rotate Finlayson and Dixon through the ruck, which I thought is surprising. I don't know why they wouldn't just want to have an actual proper ruckman in there. And Hayes has been quite good as well. Um, so if he is dropped, that will be a surprise and people have to figure out what to do. I don't know what I'll do. Actually. Surely, surely that's just Kenny, Kenny playing funny buggers again. Eh? That's got to be. Yeah. Hopefully. He's not, there's no way they're going in without a recognized ruck. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see until tomorrow afternoon, but hopefully he's in and can cover for Pruce. But you don't have Hayes, uh, Bandy? No, I do. So I've got Pruce and Hayes. So oh, Pruce that's and a Hayes. big one. Yeah, so you don't have any cover on the bench though? No, I'm sorry. I've got Gorn, Gorn, Bruce and Hayes. So, oh, yeah. But you yeah. will still trade out Bruce, you think? Yeah, well, that's going to be the determining on Hayes because what I'm looking at is uh, both getting rid of both of them, actually. Bruce mm. and Hayes going up to English and then just having a non-playing R3. But And that gives a lot more to the score if you're looking at the predicted, but we'll see. Yeah, right. Would you would you consider going uh, both of them up to wits? So have them gone to wits and then maybe get an English later in the forward line. I uh, potentially, but I don't see English score and I don't see English as sorry price dropping too much. So I reckon if you're going to get him, you yeah, might be true. a good chance now. Well, the thing with English, which we can talk about a bit more when we get to the dogs, is he is back in this week, but they also haven't dropped sweet. So it seems like if they haven't dropped him, they're going to plan to rotate them both in the ruck. So he's not going they're to play West Coast too. So yeah, that is a factor. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The, he could he could score go. 150 as a key forward. Yeah, and or he could I score West 20 Coast, because he doesn't try. West West Coast dropped Hugh, Hugh Dixon, or he's injured too. So um, Tim English could could go real big. Yeah, yeah against third gamer Cal Jamison. I'd have to VC him actually saying that. All right, so then on to the next game. Danger's out, and I think they said, can't remember what it was with, but I think they said he's out until after the bye. They're just going to keep him out after the bye, play a conservative approach, um, which is positive news for Cooper Stevens. So Cooper Stevens holds his spot. He's played two games now and is on the bubble. So he's one who people might look at in the, in the midfield. I think he scored a couple of 60s um, for his score. So he's one people might want to look at. He's in the midfield. So personally, I can't, I haven't got anyone to trade down in the midfield just yet to chop off to get him in. But I think you're looking to trade in Cooper Stevens, are you, Reese? Yeah, I am. Um, I've got a couple, like I've got Connor McDonald and someone else. I think it's Maurice Rioli um, that I can probably flick around to maybe my forward line. Um, I might be able to get him in that way. So I think that's what I'll do. He's got a break even of negative 57. So there's plenty of money to be made next week. Yep. The other one who's paired up on him on the on the lineups I can see is Saligo from the Crows. So he's another one who I think started off shit two games, just like 15 or something is score, but he's just came out and had a 96 on the weekend. So he's had a price rise already. I think he's around 160 something. So he's another one you could look at. A bit more expensive though. So I think out of those two, you'd probably go Stevens um, rather than Saligo. But but um. So you might have a bit of more job security. Uh, who knows? And he's a negative 58 break even. So you've got plenty of money on him as well. Yeah. 
And then for Adelaide, a couple of big ins as well. So Rob's back in by there, Brian. Apparently just had a monster of a game um, in the twos. I think he got like something like 30-something disposals as a ruckman, dominated the hitouts, a few goals, just an absolutely massive game. So the old Strachan wasn't doing too bad as the ruck in, um, in his stead, but yeah, he just forced his way back in. And then Matt Crouch is back in as well, which is good for me. I've got him in draft, so if he can come back in and, and dominate. Um, but probably not fairness, not uh, classic options for anyone really, those two, I'd say. And then moving no, on. Really, I don't think you'd, you wouldn't have too many Crows players in your, in your lineup now. Surely no. not. Except for maybe Laird. Oh, yeah, maybe Laird. He's pretty good. And then moving on to, I think, the Melbourne Trio game. Nobody really relevant there, unless you guys have anyone want to chat about from those two. Well, Bailey's got Ed Langdon. I don't know why he's got Ed Langdon. But... Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has been doing all right. Left field choices too. He has been doing okay this year, Lane. He's had a few big games, but he's also had a couple of crap games. So, yeah, on that wing, in that wing role, it's not really traditionally a role you want to look at for a classic super coach. Too inconsistent. Might be time to move him on, Bales. Yeah, it's not many wingmen who can score very highly. Josh Kelly, maybe one of the few exceptions, or someone like a gaff. But yeah, not too many wing, wingmen can score consistently all year. Next game is the Eagles against uh, the Doggies. And so this one, bit of a big one. So a couple of big news for the outs. One is Luke Cleary, who I'm sure a lot of coaches are looking to bring in. I was looking to bring him in, already had him locked in. And now I've had to reverse that trade, um, which is quite annoying. So Taylor Duray's back, taking his spot. English is in, like we said. And Bailey Smith also out with illness. So a few might have been looking to bring in him, either him or Bond this week, anticipating that they'll get the forward status next week. I think you're looking to do that, aren't you, Reese? with the bond? Yeah, potentially getting the bond in early. Um, I don't know. Is it, is it pretty much a sure thing that he'll get DPP or? Yeah, I look, I mean, uh. I saw a guy on Twitter who I follow. He does a lot of these kind of calculations. He does price predictions and this kind of stuff. And he basically calculated as long as both of them have start one CBA in the forward line, then they should be guaranteed um, forward status. So unless... Bailey Smith just plays purely wing or midfield all game, um, which would be pretty unlucky. Yeah, right. Then I think they should get it. Well, well Bailey's not playing, know. so Bailey, Bailey will get it, I think, based on his previous games. But yeah, Bond, the same thing. If he starts in the forward for one CBA, he should get it. Yeah, so it's something worth considering anyway. If um, It would just depend on how you're going to get him into your forward line the week after, if you're going to trade out. Um, and the other one you mentioned, Luke Cleary, I just think um, in hindsight, you just can't trust Bevo with some of his selections. So um, I was pretty keen on him at the start of the week, but maybe maybe that's not a good option, you know, going down because he, he might come in, then he's out again. So maybe yeah, I'll have him wait for another one. And a lot of teams have got Buckle Gummis now sitting in that back line too. So you have to get yeah. to a bit of a tipping point with how many Bulldogs can you have in your team, knowing A, you've got buyers coming up, but also B, you know, if they have a down game, they get absolutely pumped, then you're sitting there with five, six Bulldogs and a very low score. So I've had to, I had to buy the bullet and trade out uh, Trelaw uh, the week before he went berserk and got a 138, which was disappointing, but you just had to get rid of some of them. So, yeah, I think that's a big, 
big thing to consider coming into the buy. Oh, that's interesting. Trade of that Trelaw. He doesn't have been having too bad of a year. The only reason I didn't start with him is because of injury. Otherwise, I thought he would be a, a good pick, but he hasn't been injured this year and been ticking along all right. So you just decided to get rid of him because you thought you had too many dogs, was it? Yeah, so I had him and had him and Dunkley both in the forward line and just was looking ahead to the buyers and thinking I had to get had to get some coverage from some of the other teams for the same week. So yeah, he went. Not a great move in hindsight, but I still think the logic is sound. There'll be a few people actually going to get six dogs in their forward line, trying to tick that <laughs> off just so they can have it sitting there. They can have English, Dunkley, Trelaw, Bont, Bailey Smith, and Libba. So I'm I've sure there's going to be people I've trying got, to do that. I've got Trelaw, Dunkley, and English. <laughs> if I got the Bont, that would be four, but I don't think you could go any more than that, even though Bailey Smith looks amazing. Yeah, Surely would be five doggies. <laughs> would be good for Gags, yeah. but probably not good for your, for your risk in terms of like Bandy said, if you shit game or if the flu goes through there, as it looks like it is, Smith out, Tim English was out, the flu could wipe them out and then suddenly you've got a lot of doggies out for the week. And then we all we all get bevoed at one point during the year. Um, so <laughs> it's also the issue of having too many dogs and ending up getting bevoed. It's always a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right, on to the next game. It's the Suns versus the Hawks. And how did this one? There was, unfortunately... we. Rory Thompson injured again. Um, he's been out for so long and now he's going to miss another four to 12 weeks, I think. Um, he's done MCL or something. So poor guy, I feel sorry for him. I was looking to bring him in last week because I thought he'd be a good, safe option. But yeah, poor bloke's out with injury again. So sorry to him and whoever brought him in um, last week. And then the other big one is Max Lynch is out and Hawks are actually going to go into this game without a Ruckman. So... Jared Witts is going to absolutely dominate. He could get 200 in this. Um, I've got him in drafts. I'm sticking the C on, in, on him in that. But I'm up against Doss this week, and he's got him. So I'm a bit worried about what Witts is going to do uh, against me this week. So it could be a good week to bring him in if you were thinking about it already, um, and if you can. What do you think of bringing him in? Would you consider it, Bandy? Yeah, he's certainly one that kind of... Um spewing I missed out on earlier in the year because he was in my pre-season team for most of it and then I just you know shit myself and thought I had to go with the set and forget in Grundy and Gorn and yeah should have just backed it in but um he's it's probably between him and English who comes in this week and I'll have to look at the buy round to see who that works better for they're both the same I think they're both around 13 possibly yeah so it makes no difference yeah. If Wits goes real big this week, he'll almost be out of reach for you know quite a while now. Yeah. He's already, Good. I don't know what he is now, he's over 600 now. And if he put on like a 150 or something, which he's definitely capable of doing, wow, he could be out of reach. He's 617 now, so getting up there. Yeah. And you'd think it might be a close game, so there's no chance of him really getting rested. I don't think the Suns are suddenly going to dominate or lose by a lot, and then he gets rested. So he should be playing all games. So it could have a very big one. Interesting. All right, the next game, we've got Saints versus North, and these are the Sunday games now, so full squads aren't out. Um, but out of that one, didn't see too many of interest, really. A new guy, Jackson Archer. Not sure how he's going to go. Defender, though. Um, if he can hold his spot, it'd be good to have a defender down the line for a rookie. Then the next game, we've got the Pies versus Carlton. 
and out of this one. So Carroll is on the extended bench, could possibly get dropped after a couple of quieter games. Um, and Dacos is also on the extended bench. So I think you're going to trade out Dacos anyway, aren't you, Reese? Um, considering it, yeah, it's just, I don't know whether to hold him for the buys or not, because I think he's got around 13 buy. So you could have him, you know, you've got that extra player for around 12. So I just have to see how that fits in. But yeah, I think Jack Carroll will probably miss out this week with Chanter Martin coming back in the team. And it looks like they're probably going to give Paddy Dow a go as well. So yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Big game, that one, Caelan. Huge game. Might have to be a carton on it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Surely That's it's a good. carton game. I'll let you know later. Not so confident, given Carlton's recent form. All right. And last game of the round is Port Adelaide up against Essendon. I have to be two of the most hated teams. For me anyway. And uh, the ins and outs for this game, like we mentioned already, Sam Hayes is probably the big one if he is out. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that tomorrow. But the other big news, huge news, is that Jerk Thatcher is back in. What do you think of that, Reese? Oh, Doss will be pumped about it. Big jerk that show. What did he get 30 last week to help him get over the win, uh, over the line against Chanta? So, and look, he's projected around 50. So, you know, I'm yet to see the 80s and 90s that Doss predicted, but hey, he's getting the, he's got two wins in a row, Doss. So, can't blame him for his selections at the moment. What do you think, Bandy? Would you consider bringing jerk Thatcher in? Yeah, not at. <clears throat> Not at his price. I'd pay, I'd pay one twenty three or one seventeen for him, but <laughs> mid two hundreds, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, agree. bit of value elsewhere. Yeah. All right, that's it for the teams this week. So let's move on to a few other topics, and one of the most pressing ones is the DPP editions, which will come out next week after this week. So it's pretty much all but guaranteed. Well, Bailey Smith is out this week. So I think that means he's guaranteed forward based on his previous games. Um, he'll become a forward. And then the Bont, from what I understand, as long as he has one game, um, one, sorry, centre bounce in the forward line, then he'll get the DPP as a forward as well. So they're two huge ones. What do you boys think of those? Are they must-haves in the forward line? Um, do we need to bring them in? And will people even have room for him? A lot of people probably have already finished their forward line. What do you think? Are they must-haves? What do you reckon, Bandy? I think come the end of the year, you're going to have to have at least one of them, if not both. Um, it's pretty it's pretty tempting to grab both, though, isn't it? But then your forward line does start to look a bit bulldog-heavy. Post the round 13 by, that might not be such a bad thing. I reckon they're mm. I reckon they're hitting their straps. They're starting to play the footy we know they can, and I, I reckon they're, they're primed for a big second after the year. So for me... Must haves, not sure, but I think you're going to get pretty good service out of them if you grab them. Yep. What do you think, Reese? Uh, yeah, I'm with Bandy. I think you you have to have one of them, um, if not both. I mean, doesn't just because they get DPP doesn't mean you have to play them in your forward line, but having that flexibility later on in the year um, could be pretty telling. As for how many dogs, I mean, I wouldn't be getting rid of Dunkley or English if you've got them, but... Potentially later on, maybe Trelaw you could look at getting rid of if, um, you know, there's another standout forward that, that shows up later on in the year. Yeah, so it might be something you look to then, Reese. You've got Trelaw, right? So might consider I've got Trelaw, Dunkley, it. English. So, yeah, I mean, 
couldn't really have five dogs in the in the forward line. Um, so yeah, I'd probably have to get rid of one of them at least. I don't know who yet. Uh, but I mean, the Bond, for example, has he hasn't really been playing that well this year, as we know he can. He still averages you know 110 or more. Yep. Yep. He's definitely a gun. Bont is one I'd target out of those two. Bailey's having a good year, but yeah, the Bont is absolute verified primo. Always averages around 110, 115. And I've already got six forwards though, um, with that's including English in the ruck. So he's currently sitting in the ruck, but I would consider keeping him in the ruck and actually bringing the Bont after his buy. That's what I'm considering doing. I was always going to switch English back to the forwards, but I'm thinking about whether I just get Bont in there instead. Um, and then possibly later I could trade out another underperforming forward and then swing English in the forwards then if I want to bring in someone like Wits. Um, so there's options, but I think you do need one of them as well. But apart from those two, um, other DPPs which might affect us, got a few other names here, and the ones which are likely as well to get um, DPP forward status, that's just a couple of rookies. So that's Hobbs and McComb. So if you might have those, and that just might provide some flexibility over the buyers. I've got Macoom, don't have Hobbs. Um, but they're likely to get forward status. Um, so that might be handy just in the buyer, switch them around or just being able to trade out a forward, switch them forward and then trade in the mid. Um, so that might help some people out. And the other one is Marshall. So Marshall might get forward status. Um, I think it's not exactly likely, but it's a possibility. But I'm not sure you'd go near him unless Ryder is somehow out with an injury for the rest of the year if he is then you consider for sure because when he's so ruck he can score pretty huge but when he's still still rucking with Ryder then I don't think you go near, near him and then the other ones which are a possibility but unlikely which a few people have asked about is Gorn so Gorn I think is a possibility technically if you played key forward all this week um, without rucking, he would probably get it, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think if he even rucks half a game, he's probably not going to get DPP. Then there's the same story with Titch, Tom Mitchell, Boke, and Walsh. All of them are technically a chance to get DPP, but I think they'd pretty much have to play almost the full game or you know, 75, 80% of the game forward, which is unlikely. So if some of those names got forward status, that would be pretty big news, but I think those ones are a bit unlikely for whoever's hoping for it. Yeah, so, poke in the forward line, that'd be pretty tasty. Yeah, would be. Been a bit down last couple of weeks, but um, you'd certainly still definitely have him in your forward line, I think. What do we think about Titch, actually, on, on the notion of Titch? Is he back? He played in the midfield on the weekend, I think, and he scored in the 120s or 130s. Um, former pig, is he back to his best? What do you reckon, Dandy? You just don't know what Sam Mitchell's going to do. You don't know if Sam Mitchell's playing for this year or next year, and he seems to be preferring <laughs> Newcomb and Connor Nash in there at the moment, which is yeah. just crazy when you think you've got a, a Brownlow medalist and a bona fide gun hanging out there in Death Valley on the forward flank. It's It, it blows my mind, but you kind of saw it with Cornelio last week when you actually play blokes in the position that you know they normally play. They, they turn up and do well, so... I reckon we're going to see him back in the guts for the, the rest of the year. And I think we're going to see more of those scores and, and back to his pig-like best. Yeah, hopefully. Definitely wait a bit on it now, I reckon. I wouldn't be rushing to bring him in, but um, if he what can... What price is he at the moment? He's under 500. Cheap. Yeah. Wow. So that's the thing. 
and you could, take, still- you could take a risk on it and you know get it real cheap if you need to take a risk at this stage of the season. Yeah, it's one that has Doss's name written all over it. I reckon. I reckon Doss might wouldn't surprise me if he brought in Titch this week. Um, <laughs> I reckon I could see could see him bringing him in this week. So, but uh, most people probably would wait another week. I think he's still got a break even of about one twenty or something, so you can afford to wait another week. Um, but yeah, very tempting at that price, five hundred. I was actually considering bringing him in at the start of the year in my starting team. Didn't do it, but yeah, now to see him at five hundred is um, definitely an interesting prospect. Break is even of um, Yeah. Is he still your super coach captain, Bandy? In sorry, in draft, or is he have you flicked him? No, I've just go between him and Gorn in the hope that one of them won't be shit that week. It's, <laughs> and it's not working at all. <laughs> oh, Gorn, Gorn's another one. He was looking like despite um, sharing the ruck duties, he was still the number one ruckman in the league, but the last few weeks he hasn't performed. Um, Notably also against West Coast, who everyone thought he'd dominate against. What do we think about Gordon? I was considering bringing him in, um, but now I'm not looking at it, even though he's getting cheap now. He's going to be under 550K next week, most likely. Um, what do we reckon? Is it just wait and see, or is he still one of the best rucks out there? What do you reckon, Bandy? Oh, I'm stubbornly going to hold, and I'll, I'll definitely hold for the rest of the year. I think you've seen some of the games he's gone kind of big 140s and. He can still do that. Um, it's a tough one, but I think you're a very, very brave man if you have gone and get rid of him. And I also don't think you're going to regret it if you bring him in, particularly yep. at the price point you're getting him at now. Yeah. What do you think, Reese? Um, Three scores sub 90 is very ungone like. Uh, but I, you know, I kind of get the feeling just coasting at the moment. And probably just, you know, taking it easy in the lead up to the buyers. But I can see, you know, towards the end of the year, they'll probably ramp up and they'll get themselves ready for finals. And I'm sure Gorn will be playing, um, you know, more than 50% in the, in the, in the ruck. He'll be, he'll be the sole ruckman for most of it, I reckon. Yeah, and that's the thing. Out of him and Wits, they're probably the two options you're looking at, but Wits might get out of reach pretty soon with his price and they've gone sent to 550K, then I think he's going to be pretty tempting. So... Like Bandy said, you probably wouldn't be upset regardless if you bring him in. The other thing too with Gorn is is if you've got him, um, you know, the only one you can really go to is Wits. There's no there's no other rucks that you can choose. So um, yeah, you might as well just keep him and try and get Wits later on in the year, I reckon. Yeah. And what's the the golden rule is don't sideways trade, right? So is it is it worth burning a trade to to turf Gorn? I I mean I I wouldn't do it, but Many others might. Yeah. True that. All right. So the rookies we've talked about a little bit already. Cleary, Saligo, Cooper Stevens. Um, apart from that, there's only one other interesting one that I had who you might want to consider bringing in this week, who I am considering bringing in this week now that um, Cleary's not coming in. That's Joel Jeffrey. Um, small forward. So definitely risky. He scored a 25 in his first game, but he's just had a 95 on the weekend. But that came from a five-goal haul where he looks dominant but still only scored 95. So definitely not going to do that every game. Um, what do you boys think of him as a rookie option? What do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, five snags against the dogs. And um, one of them was over his head. That was pretty impressive. I was quite happy with his um, – pretty enthusiastic, the young fella. But, nah, I mean, 
you know, one good game of five goals. We saw this earlier on the year with Richelli and I don't know, someone else keep up or something like that on debut, and then you know, just stunk it up. So uh, I'd probably be steering clear for now. What do you think, Bandy? Not bad for a it's not bad for a cash grab if you've got another rookie that's made you money and you're going down to him. I definitely would be playing him on the field if I picked him. But if you've got potentially Windhager sitting there, you could go down. But again, you know, a lot of the rookies that you'd have that you might look to go down with still got money to make. So I I'll be steering clear of of Jeffrey myself. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just for a cash grab basically, but then you're stuck with him. And the other risk is if I were to bring him in this week, I'd then have, I'd have to put one rookie on field and it would be between him, Rosas and Rioli. So three small forwards and they're all as bad as each other. So slim pickings between those three. So yeah, deciding whether I go for that or not, um, that'll determine whether I upgrade this week or not. If I don't, then I might just not trade at all this week. Um, so yeah, we'll see on that one. If you might be in the same position, bit of a risky, risky trade in that one. Um, you can't get every rookie, Callan. you got to let some go. You do. Got to let a few through the keeper. All right. So if we don't have anything else to talk about, we might get into questions because we've got actually quite a few this week. Um, 14 questions in total. So I'd love to get through and we might have a bit to discuss in those. All good with you, boys. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So the first question we got is from Charlie. And Charlie is asking, will Gorn get forward status? And so I believe we touched on that before. So I think it's unlikely. If he sits forward for more than half the game, then it's a chance. But I think most likely he's not going to get it. Sorry, Charlie. Would be very nice, though, having Gorn in the forward line. Uh, <laughs> just imagine <laughs> sit, sit, sitting there next to Bont. It's actually it'd be, it'd just, be real good. Just talking on that. It's actually something to consider for next year because super coaches aren't used to it. Fantasy players are. They've had it for a while, but it's actually something to think about. Like the forward line is probably somewhere you want to leave space open at the start of the year early in, in future years because now people already have full, have full forward lines, but suddenly Bont and Bailey Smith are in and Parker's got it previously. So like you really want to leave some space open for these kind of guys when they do get the DBP in future because it's more likely that they're going to get forward rather than, than defense, right? So... So something to consider maybe in future years, you want to start with more midfielders rather than primo forwards. Maybe that's a good reason not to trade out people like McCartan or DeConing or, you know, these higher priced uh, rookies just yet, or even Dacos. Just hold them and wait for the DPPs and see where you really want to spend it. Yeah, true. And then Doss is asking, who's a better pick out of Bont, Bailey Smith and Libber in the forward line? So personally, I'd say Bont. I'd probably go in that order that I just read, Bont, Bailey, Smith, and Libba. What do you reckon, Reese? Bont, for sure, hands down. Who's second? Um, yeah, probably Bailey, Smith, and then Libba. Not saying, Libba's still a pretty good pick, but I think, he's, you know, I don't know if he's even, he might be more expensive than Bailey, Smith, but Bailey, Smith, he's got a pretty big ceiling. So, yeah, that order. Yeah, I'd agree. The, um, Liver's price is pretty tempting though, but it's still it's still not cheap. Yeah, well, it's actually similar to Bailey Smith anyway. Bailey Smith's 550, Liver's 546, so you're not saving much. And I think Bond's 580, isn't he? So they're all pretty similar, and I think you'd pay an extra 30k for Bond, really. 
I wonder if teams might look at tagging Bailey Smith at some stage. He is pretty free. You've got so many options. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to run with. He's a fitness freak. Runs all day. All right. So next question, we've got uh, one of our all-time favorite listeners. He's sent a question in last week or the week before, and he's back again. That's Greg from Brisbane. So, uh, Bandy, just so you know, Greg from Brisbane was a, was a guy that uh, met Doss in a bar in Padia, and uh, Doss got him under the pod, and he's been listening ever since. So, Greg, he's sent in another question. Apparently, apparently they spoke about super coaching the bar in Padia. Not buying it, but apparently yeah. that's how the story went. And Greggy, you would like, <laughs> Greg, would like to say hi, guys. Greg from Brisbane here again. One of my most endearing memories from my recent trip to Thailand was listening to Doss at the bar in Pattaya list down in detail the key qualities to look for in a lady boy. He mentioned he'd been, <laughs> he mentioned he'd been burnt many times and had learnt these lessons the hard way. I've also been burnt many times recently, not with ladyboys, but with my captain selections. I'd like to ask, what are the key qualities to look for when selecting your VC and skipper each week? Right, that's, uh, first of all, it's good to hear that you haven't been burnt uh, with the ladyboys. <laughs> Greg, very good to hear. I'm sure Doss has been burnt quite a few times. Depends how you define burnt, actually. Burnt for Doss would probably be discovering that they weren't actually ladyboys, I think. <laughs> Uh, but what do we look for in a VC and skipper each week, Reese? I think I'll leave the uh, the Doss and the Ladyboy part of the uh, discussion out of it. Uh, uh, we've all seen Doss in action, and I don't really want to take my mind down the rabbit hole of what Doss gets up to in his spare time. But um, probably the thing that I would look for in the VCC option is first of all get an early game on someone. So like this week, probably somebody like Lockie Neal. Um, and then, you know, you want your skipper in a later game because then you can, you know, you've got a bit of options. If they don't play very well, you can put on someone else. Um, the other one is the matchups too. So I can't remember who was playing West Coast the other week. Oh, it might have been Dogs and McRae burnt me hard because he, I don't know, actually it was Oliver. Oliver spent, you know, a heap of time on the bench. And then last week, Oliver gets 178. So... Um, probably the matchups are another important one. And lastly, the last thing to look at would be maybe a, a tag, if they're going to get a tag, so like the DeBoer tag. But, you know, that doesn't happen too often now. Good advice. Yeah. I think you've hit them all, Race. The only other one for me is with my VC, where I can, I normally go for someone who could be a little bit speculative but has a high ceiling. So, for example... This week, it'll definitely the VC will definitely go on Callum Mills playing the first game. Has scored very, very heavily. Had a 200-plus game earlier in the year. Um, so you, you whack the VC on someone who can who can go big and then just make sure you've got the, the safe captain option later in the round, be it that on Oliver or O'Neill or a Miller or, a, or even, you know, gone in years gone past. Yeah, Very I like true. that advice. Agree with that for this week. Mills is a good one if you've got him. Um, nice pick there as well, Bandy. But yeah, I think the VC, you definitely need early in the round. VC, maybe you can go for someone who's like a bit more up and down, who could keep players who can have a massive score or they can have a low score. But the captain, you want to stick with someone who's more consistent, I'd say, even if their ceiling is not as high as your VC option. So yeah, someone like Neil is always going to get at least 100. So he's not going to let you down. 
Um, someone like an Oliver should be safe as well. McRae, another one, like they shouldn't have too bad of a game just as long as you're not going for like someone risky for your captain, I'd say, even if it is like a good matchup. So that's the other thing. If it's like a really good matchup, but if it's not someone who is guaranteed to get a decent score, then it can be a bit risky. Um, and and I look to never have uh, the VC and the C in games that are back-to-back. Um, one, you don't have any time to make any changes, but two, it's pretty easy to forget between the Friday night game and the Saturday first game of the day sort of thing. So always try to have a bit of space between them. Yeah. Also, Cameron, I just want to ask, what? say you get your VC and he scores... You know, 120, 130. What What's the score where you go, I, you have, just have to take it regardless? I reckon 120. I'm pretty conservative and I reckon 120. Anything over 120, you should take it um, unless it's just like an absolutely obvious matchup. But even then, like I'm trying to think of an obvious matchup, like people would have thought Gorm was an obvious matchup against West Coast and he disappointed. So I'd say anything over 120, I'd probably take it. But for you, I think you take a bit higher when you race. You say 130 is your cap, is it? Um, yeah, probably 125. Yeah, probably 130, I reckon. If, if anyone got that, yeah, you just have to take it because you just never know what's going to happen later on in the later games. So unless, unless you know, you're behind in the score and you, you really need to make up some points to get the win, you know, then you could probably be a bit risky with it. But otherwise, yeah, 130. Yeah. Well, having said that, that is true. You can look at who you're up against in the matchups. But I played when I played against Chumter, I was actually behind. And so I thought I had a bit of work to do. So I decided to go off the captain, Neil, that I had because Chumter had that as well. And I went to Crips and Neil absolutely dominated. And it turns out in the end, I think he got like 180. And it turns out in the end, if I had have actually stuck it on C and kept it on Neil, I would have actually beat Chumter because I came back from a few other players in the end. So yeah, yeah. it does depend a little bit, but be careful in doing that as well. Question, right. except for the lady part. <laughs> except for that part. Well, Gregory's actually got another question. He's got a part two here, Gregory. He's got another question. Is and he, he said, Are we sure it's not Chanter's dad? Could be Chanter's dad. Well, it very likely could be. So Chanter's dad's name is Greg as well, and he's also from Brisbane. So it's um, a possibility that this is Chanter's dad. Um, if it is, just let us know next time, Greg, and we can pass a message on to Chanter for you. Uh, so... <laughs> Greg would like to ask, I still have Matt Rowell and 150K in the bank. Who should I be targeting to bring into my side? So first of all, you've got to get rid of Rowell. I had him on my team, got rid of him a fair while ago. Um, he's been very disappointing. On the weekend, he got like 36 from like, and he had eight tackles as well. So I don't know how you get 36 after you've had eight tackles. He only had five or six disposals. Pretty shocking. But I think he has to go. Um, don't know what's going on with him this year. But who would you trade him to, Reese? What do you reckon for Matt Rowell? Oh, what's worth? So that way so, they get you. That gets you five sixty, five seventy. That honestly, that doesn't really get you that much. I mean, maybe, maybe like on, a striker. Get you, get you to your main man, Pete Cripps, and that's the only option. And that's where you go. If you, if you haven't George got Paddy Cripps, if you haven't got Paddy Cripps at this time of the year, yeah, I think you might as well give up. You should have had him, you know, round three. Well, let's oh, have a look at the guy's um, highest averaging guy. Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Maybe Brayshaw. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Bandy, what do you reckon of Brayshaw? You're a Frio man. What do you think of him as an option yeah. now? Is it 550K? Brayshaw. Yeah, I've, 
I've got him in my side. He sits there at um, M7 and he won't move all year. The only way the only way, way he'll move is if it's up to an M5 or an M4 or something. He's uh, he's locked and loaded unless he gets a long-term injury. Yeah, I started him as well this year. Um, started like a house on fire. Slowed down a bit late, lately, which is why his price has dropped. But I still think he's a great option um, at that price point. And then you've got Bailey Smith. He's got a pretty also. high ceiling too. Yeah. Yeah, he got a 180 in one game this year, I think. Yeah. Um, but other ones here are interesting. Bailey Smith, he's out this week, unfortunately. But Boak, he's been down a bit lately. He's only 530K though, so quite cheap. So it's interesting at that price for Boak. But he is quite old. I wouldn't go near it. But um, I think he can get through the year, his body, maybe. And then there's also Tom Green. I think I brought up that stat. That stat I brought up last week about Boak, his highest averaging supercoach year is only like 106. So, you know, you couldn't see him pushing past it, especially with Kenny. He's put him in the forward line and he plays him in the ball one week. It's just too unreliable. Just go Brayshaw, lock it away and be happy with 110 average or more. Yeah. Yeah. I think Brayshaw is your best option there, Greggy. All right, next question we've got is from Butcher. And Butcher uh, would like to ask, he's saying, in round nine, I drafted in Travis Boak, speaking of, who was averaging 125. Unfortunately, I failed to consider the golden rule that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results. Boak scored 36 in the next round and is averaging 66 since I drafted him. Is Boak too old and the most overrated player we've seen since Joel returned from Batam? <laughs> Or is he just a good player down on his luck? Do I hold or move him on? <laughs> That's great, Butcher. It's unlucky that he's uh, had those that terrible run of form after you brought him in and also probably dropped a lot of cash now um, because now he is down to 530. Let's see what he, what would he have been when he brought him in. Probably around 600 or something, I guess. But um, yeah, who can he trade him to now? Well, we just talked about a few of the options there. But should he hold? I think if he's already got him in, you should hold. Um, but what do you reckon, Reese? Um, first of all, Joel did have a pretty good uh, carnival up in Bassam. So um, I don't know if he was overrated, Butcher, because he, he did kick you out of the, the Premier Forward spot. And, and to this day, he's still playing that he is the Premier Forward. Um, as for Boak, um, surely you wouldn't sideways Boak. Uh, yeah, he's going to have a couple of bad games, but, you know, he's a he's a match winner. And I think Porter just starting to hit their straps a bit. So, yeah, I reckon come the end of the year, Boak will be, you know, hundreds every week. Yeah. Yeah. To get to, to, get to anyone, one of the Uber premiums, you're going to have to downgrade someone else from that price point. So, I mean, if you can muck around with your, with your team a little bit, the, the like-for-like like straight swaps of guys like Will Brody and... Sinclair, oh, I would be doing it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him out. He's still got a few big games in him. He might drop a few stinkers, but I think I wouldn't trade him out. But Boak seems to do this every year, though, for the last three years. Season 2020, I'm looking at it now. He averaged 123 until round five and then started to drop some bad scores. 2021, he averaged, yeah, 100. And 15 until about round seven, then he started to drop off. So he does like to start well and then drop off. Um, could be the old body just getting a bit sore throughout the year, but I'd hold him now anyway. Even though he got he got 86 on the weekend, but he still had 25 disposals. So it's not like he's not getting the ball. 
And that's yeah. with Ken playing him, you know, 50% of the time out of half forward. So, you know, when, when the chips are down, he puts Boke in the middle. So when, when they need to win a few games towards the end of the year, I'm sure he's going to be scoring pretty highly. Yeah. All right. And Rod's got a few questions here. He's actually caught him with three questions, old Rod. Rod's also having a nice year this year. Or Diggler. So Diggler would like to ask, is clearly, well, is Cleary worth bringing in as a defensive rookie on the bubble with Duray and Johannesson also likely to return to defence this round? So I think it's been answered with the, the team news, Rod. He's out. So I definitely wouldn't advise bringing him in now that he's been omitted, um, unfortunately. He was looking like a good one. And his second question is, bring in English in the forward line or wait and have a look at him and his role first. Has been out for five to six weeks through hamstring injury and a bad bout of the flu. What do you reckon in that race? Absolutely. I, I can see him going massive this weekend. But, I mean, the, the only thing I would, would question is, I know a few people had English at the start of the year and then traded him out. But, I mean, if I was one of those, I just couldn't do it to myself to trade out a bloke and then trade him back in. It's just a complete waste. So, um, it's up to you. I, I think, yeah, English will be probably the top two or three forwards and, and probably rucks as well. So yeah, if you can get him, get him. The only caveat to that is you did make the point earlier that they've still gone with sweet this week. So they sweet doesn't have any other string to his bow other than playing in the ruck. So clearly he's not going to be getting that ruck clock that he was earlier in the year. Going to be playing a lot more forward. So uh, he's got a break even score of 104 this week. I, I think he probably gets there, but I don't think he does it easy like he would have, you know, rounds one to five this year. Well, isn't that the reason too why they've been playing the bottom of the forward line is because they just need a little bit of extra help um, because with Bruce, he's still out for a few more weeks yet. So I think they'll need to have someone tall down there, probably English or Ponton Pelly uh, for the next few weeks at least. Yeah. So considering all that, I think it would be okay to wait a bit on him. He's not going to go up crazily um so yeah he might be at 600 in a couple of weeks if you want to wait till after his buy but he also might not he might stay the same around 570 so can have a forward double look at him first i reckon i don't have him and then rod's third question he said with buyers starting next round what are people thinking of doing try to get 18 starters each round or tank one round for him probably around 12 and go hard for wins in rounds 13 and 14 so i already recommended to rod he asked that in the in the WhatsApp group recommended you should definitely tank round 12. It's the round that I'm playing against Rod. So it's definitely a good tactic for him to um, tank that round. I think I'd advise on that one, Rod, but uh, what do you boys reckon? What do you reckon, Reese? I've given this some thought um, and I reckon just looking at my team, I'm probably going to have to focus on round 12 and 14 when I've got most of my players playing. Unfortunately, that means I could tank round uh, 13 oh, yeah 13 and I've got DOS so um, I'm probably never going to hear the end of it but yeah I've got DOS but when I'm thinking about him a glass half full guy Kale, and that means that DOS is going to get extra points and he's not going to go anywhere this season so I'd rather give him the points than someone like Shane or Rod so um, that's how I've thought about it Fair enough Yeah I'm a little bit different because um, my invitation into the, the classic head-to-head league got lost. So 
I'm now playing for uh, playing for ranking, so I don't have the uh, the luxury of tanking a week. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm going to have to try and get 18 every week if I've got a turf turf a premium um, for for a week. Then so be it. But yeah, I'm going to be trying to get 18 every week. The the problem we've got is all the rookies seem to be going out of the team at the wrong time of year. So we might not have those rookies to uh to see us through, which is which is also a problem. Yeah. Yeah, for me personally, I've I was thinking about it previously and the players have been trading in, have been trying to take into account the buyers. And at this stage I'm looking okay. Each round it seems like I'm gonna be out of field at least 20, but that's assuming rookies. So if rookies get dropped, then suddenly you're in a more precarious situation. Um so yeah, depends on what situation you're in. Like I'm down bottom of the ladder, so I could really afford to win all three buyers. I'm going to be trying to go hard in those buyers and get some wins back. Sounds like Rod's tanking round 12, which is a great for me and good idea too, Rod, because I'm, I'm looking pretty strong, strong for that round. I reckon there's no point <laughs> you just uh, trying to go up against me in that one. But um, yeah, depends on the situation, I think. You can afford to tank one if you're up the top like Rod is. Um, so if you're up the top of the ladder, you can tank one, then you might as well do that really. Um, all right, now we've got a few anonymous questions. There's quite a few anonymous callers here. We've got five anonymous callers calling in and uh, asking a few questions. So the first one is um, Perryman. Is he worth pulling the trigger on now that it appears he had a midfield role under a new coach and a recent score of 138? Perryman is someone who I've always associated with draft, decent draft option, but never in the classic. Um, if you could keep that role, then certainly, but the problem is you had Taranto out and you had, um, who's the young bloke? Another guy out who's been in the midfield a bit, Ash, Lockie Ash, who's been Lockie playing mid, mid, mid lately as well. So I think Ash is in this week, but Taranto's still out. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a worry on those two. He could be the first one out. Uh, what do you reckon, Bandy? Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's averaging 97 for the year and 108 the last three rounds. So, you know, that that gives me a, a level of confidence because all those blokes were playing when he was still scoring um, close to 100 and he's cheap. So it's it's certainly one that I'm having a look at uh, just because I probably need a stepping stone from DeConnick before I can get right up to those big boys in the back line. So Perryman could be the option for me there. Yeah. And he's a defender as well, if anyone is wondering at home. That's why we're talking about him. What do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, I really I really like that um, option. Like you said, averaging 97. Um, he's got the round 12 buyer, but then straight after the buyer, he's got uh, North Melbourne. So, you know, potentially he could go pretty good. Um, but in saying that, if he's a defender, he's got Brisbane this week and he's projected to go up 15,000 up to 500. So... Um, yeah, look, I reckon you got to get a couple of these guys. You can't you can't just have primos in every line. I bet you can afford it. So, yeah, I reckon he's a good option, especially if you're strapped for cash. And I'm surprised that, you know, given only a 1,000 teams have him, I'm surprised Doss didn't have him in the um, the team you read out earlier as a <laughs> as an yep. Uber, uh, Uber pod. I can see him being in Doss's team after this week, unless he's too proud to... Um, on to, to put him because he, he didn't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next anonymous question from the anonymous, call, anonymous caller is hold Dacos and Martin through the buyer. Um, we'll get rid of them now. 
So I think Dacos I'll be looking to hold. He's got the round 14 by Martin's one. I'm looking to trade out actually this week because he's already got a high break even. But uh, what do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I think I'm probably going to get rid of Martin this week only because he's break even. It's, well, he's going to lose money. Dacos you can probably hold and then get him after that. I'll get rid of him after that first buy. Um, but I don't know. It really depends on who you need to get in your team. It wouldn't be a bad mistake to get rid of him because I think they're both going to lose money. So probably suits. It probably depends on what what your buy structure is. I think. Bandy. Yeah, I think I think you could probably carry one. I don't think I'd be carrying two um, purely playing the break even game. So it's really whether you need that forward line injection or that or the well, it's forward mm. line or midfield or. Um, back because they're both DPP defender forward or forward yeah. mid. So, yeah, I think you've got to get rid of one um, because they've made the most cash and that's going to allow you to upgrade to a primo somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Third question from an anonymous caller is how many rookies still on the field is too many? And seeing a lot of people oh, posting that their teams are actually complete, even as early as now but um, yeah they're full of shit (laughs) (laughs) I've personally got three rookies still on field if I upgrade this week I'll only have two Um, but I've burnt through a fair few trades already to be honest Um, so I don't know it depends on the situation it really depends how many trades you've got left really I mean most people probably have four or five still left but they've probably got you know 22 to 25 trades left a few people have traded more heavily might have less but uh, yeah, I think you've got about five left for your Reese. Yeah, I've got five. I've got Dacos, McCartan, DeConey, Greg Clark, and Rioli at the moment. But, I mean, McCartan and DeConey have been really good. They both scored 80, mid-80s on the weekend. Dacos has been pretty good. So, um, I don't think it's too bad to have them. If they're going to get around that 70 to 80, I reckon you take that most weeks and then just get rid of them when, they're, when their break-even is too high. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably I've so I've burnt trades, not burnt trades, but I've tried to get a complete team early. So I've got DeConey, Clark, and um, Martin left on my field, um, and the forced trade with Bruce has kind of cooked me a bit this week. So I think I'm going to have to turf um, Martin and then move that Bruce up to one of the big boys in Wits or um, English. Yeah, that works. But it means yeah. that we probably be playing Windhager on the field, which is he's all right. He goes around 60. So, you know, it's a small downgrade from Martin, but he's been stinking it up the last two weeks. So maybe he's hit the wall. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think he, I think Martin's got to go. If out of all the rookies that people still have, I think Deconing and Carton still got some. Some money to make, and probably Dacos too is pretty pretty handy because he's a defender. But yeah, probably Martin's going to go. So I reckon if you've got three, three or four rookies, it's not a bad thing on the field. Yeah. All right. The next question from our anonymous caller is just saying downgrade options. Who do we have? So I think we already talked about that with the rookies. Um, Cooper Stevens probably the best in the mids if you can get to him. Um, in the forward line, Joel Jeffries, but not much going this week, really. Yeah, um, only the only one I'd look at is 
Matt Roberts with the uh, Josh Kennedy out. I think they've they've clearly identified that's a spot that's maybe his to lose for now. Yeah, but first week in. What do you reckon about the um, the mid season draft? Do you reckon any of those blokes might get a game later on in the year as well? Yeah, yep. for sure. Definitely. When's that happening? That, that, that could be some. Yeah, next uh, Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So technically, so they just could play even next round. Yeah. After this weekend, they could play as soon as round oh, twelve. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's what yeah. uh, that's what Newcomb did last year. Got yeah. Drafted, nice. Came yeah, straight in. Right. So it might be worth holding a couple of trades and just hanging out for them later on as downgrade because they're usually cheap as fuck, right? They're one. 102, 102. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that might be something to keep an eye on. Definitely good timing for the buyers. A lot of people are going to be wanting to trade as much as possible throughout there. So, definitely going to be needing downgrades. So, that's really handy timing, really. So, we'll see what we get out of that. Then the last question from the anonymous caller is, sideways trades through the buyers? Thoughts? So, definitely mm. don't recommend sideways trades, usually. Um, and I think, yeah, it always depends. But I think if you're playing for league and not for um, rank, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, recommend preserving. But if you're playing for rank, like you are bandy, then maybe it makes a bit more sense. Um, are you thinking of making any sideways trades throughout the buyers? Not if I can avoid it. I think the, the whole idea with the buyers is you, you want to come out stronger than you went in. So if you're going to... If you're going to sideways trade, you want to be sideways to someone you think is going to score better for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. Trades are pretty important. I've only got 14 left, so I've got not many to play with for the rest of the year. So just on that, how many trades would you allocate for the buyers themselves? Would you trade boosting one week or would you just look at trying to use one or two every week? Do you get a, Do you get an additional one? Through the buyers, I thought you got three anyway, so you won't think you get trade boost. Boost, I wouldn't have thought. No, I think you do. I think you can boost up to four in the buyers. Yeah. Wow. So it's a lot. Yeah, right. As long as you've got your eighteen on the field, I think you know. Yeah, and you're using rookies. Everyone's in the same boat. If you want to, if you want to have the hero that brings in all the guns for one week, that's great. But they're going to come back down to earth pretty quickly as well. Yeah, I think yeah, around 12 doesn't make sense bringing in a lot, obviously, because they're going to have a buy after that anyway. But as soon as it gets to round 13, you've got a lot of good round 12 options to bring in. Um, could do a trade boost and bring in four. Same thing for round 14. Yep. Could easily bring in four as well. So if you want to go bang, 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 you could. If it makes your team better. Um, all right. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say... Just had a quick look that round 13 buy is probably a good one to use a trade boost of four because you've got the likes of McCartan, De Kooning, they're not playing the dogs. So if you want to get rid of like a Trelaw um, and yeah, McComb, I reckon if you're going to use use the four trades, that, that'd be the way to do it. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, I've got De Kooning, Rosas is another one from Gold Coast. I've got as well. So I probably will trade out four, bring in a Primo. Um, and then three rookies. If there are three rookies to bring in, we'll see. Um, the last question of the night we have from one Freya Kahir, wife of Mr. Big Dog, if that is how you pronounce their last name, Freya Kahir. 
she would like to say, hi guys, I'm posting a question out of desperation. Can someone please bring my husband back down to earth? He's walking around the house saying he's a big dog and keeps saying to me, do I want to see the big dog in action? I'm led to believe he played well in Batam, but surely one on-field performance plus supercoach form doesn't translate to the bedroom. Please, can someone bring my Joel back? Well, Freya, don't know what to say. It happens when people uh, turn into a big dog. They do change. It changes people doing well on Supercoach. We saw what it did to, to Chanta when he's up and about. Um, and the opposite, when you're not doing well, it can change you as well. But what do you think of that, Reese? Uh, is that proper behaviour from, from, from Joel there to be exhibiting? And what can she do to bring him back down to earth? I love that he's, uh, he's asking the wife if he wants to see the big dog in action. So uh, that's good, Mr. Big Dog. Um, I, I, I said last week on the show, I reckon he's in the classroom asking the kids to call him Mr. Big Dog now. Uh, but yeah, someone has to bring Joel back down to earth. Um, <laughs> he's getting a little bit ahead of himself. So I don't know who's going to be the man to do it because he's got a pretty damn good team at the moment. So, uh, Freya, hopefully we can um, equal him out a little bit. You know, we don't, we don't want him to go too far because we look at how Chunter's turn when he's not doing very well on Supercoach and he's off in the wilderness. So we don't want to go that far. We just want to bring him back down to maybe sixth or fifth. Had a good run, but uh, time will tell if it can last forever. So just don't get ahead of yourself, Joel, because um, as as Chanta likes to say, talk shit, get super coach hit. Uh, and the famous words of Chanta. So uh, just, just be careful what you say. What do you think about that, Bandy? Look, I, if I was Freyer, I'd probably be getting my own super coach team because nothing brings you down to earth faster than when your missus beat you um, in a week. Um, Butch, Butch, has, Butch has experienced it in the past. I've experienced it in, in fantasy. Um, so it's, you know, so I think Freya, if, you, if you're looking for any tips, I'd, I'd get your own team and um, knock over the big dog and the big dog will, will be uh, back whimpering like he was before. Joel, I look forward to meeting you at some point, mate. Very solid advice, Dandy, like that. There you go, Freya. Make your own team. It's not too late. All right, that's all the questions we had. Let's uh, quickly have a look at the games coming up for this week before we wrap up. We'll just maybe get a simple yes-no with a couple of words from everyone on these. So the uh, first one of the round, which is a, a big one, is uh, myself up against Doss. And uh, Doss had a very good win last week, but as Reese said, that might be his grand final for the year. So I think I'm going to get the job done over Doss this week. What do you reckon, Reese? God, I hope so. I can't put up with another win from Doss and the dribble that we get in the bloody um, chat afterwards. So um, this is a bit of a danger game for you, Kalen, because you desperately need a win. So I'm yep. going to back you in. What do you reckon, Bandy? Oh, just based on the team you told me earlier, I'll, I'll back you to get the chockies in this one, mate. But also, if uh, if Doss's ragtag team of pods gets up, I'll be pretty bloody impressed. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And the next game, we've got a pretty big matchup. This is Rod against Charlie, two uh, very expert and seasoned super coaches. So it's a tough one to, to pick, to be honest. Might just go with Rod. His form seems a bit better. Charlie's been pretty good as well, but 
yeah, it's going to be a close one, I'd say. Um, what do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, this is this could go either way. Um, I'm just going to have to go Rod. I think he's pretty consistent. Um, in saying that, Charlie's pretty good too. Uh, yeah, Rod in a close one. I've been thumped by Tanzan many, many times over the journey, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll go with Rod too. There you go. So now Charlie will probably win now that we've all gone for Rod. So sorry, Rod. Uh, next game, we've got Bales up against Shagger, and I think uh, yeah, Bales is um, can go big or can go very low, like like we've said, but I think Shagger's just going to prove that he's, he's too, it's too good for old Bales. What do you reckon, Reese? Jag will be reeling after the one point loss to Doss last week. Um, he doesn't often comment in the group either, Shago, and he did. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I true. imagine he was he was pretty salty about it. So I think Shag is going to go to town on Bales this week. Look, Shag is on the downhill from what everyone's been telling me. Um, so I reckon I'll I'll back Bales in for an upset. Oh, there you go, Bales. <laughs> Let me just um, He's... let's have a look at. It. Bales bench again. So Bales has <laughs> this week. He doesn't have a lot of rookies that are playing. He doesn't have a lot of bench cover. So Langdon's out, who's on his bench right now as well. Uh, he's not in his field, I guess. That's why he's on the bench. But the only playing rookie from what I can see on his bench is McComb. The rest have not been playing. So doesn't have a lot of depth. He might have the team to sneak a win this week, but uh, I think he's struggling for the rest of the season. No, I think... Um... I got picked for his first game and he's project. Is it his first game? Might be his second game because he's projected to get two. (laughs) (laughs) That's just super coach sticking it to him. (laughs) Yeah. Put him on the field bales. You'd be sure that he'll, uh, he'll go higher than you projected. Should do. Could get negative too. And then the next game, we've got the big dog himself up against butcher. Uh, Tough one. Uh, the, the big dog is in some good form. I mean, I would like to see Butcher beat him and take him down. This is the clash not only of two titans of Supercoach, but the two great key forwards of the Bintangs. So this one has a lot of bragging rights associated with it. I'm just going to go with Butcher, actually, because I'd love to see Butcher get up here. What do you reckon, Reese? <laughs> yeah, well, I think Joel's... I mean, yeah, he was a good forward for a little, little period, but, I mean, Butcher's done it consistently. Probably not quite as well, but yeah, I, I think Butch is... I, I really want him to get up. I really want him to get up and put Joel back in his place because I can't stand it anymore. Yeah, I'll back in the Butch. He's always he's always come through in the clutch whenever I've played with him, and I'm sure that translates to Supercoach as well. Nice. There you go, Butch. We're behind you. Sorry, big dog. And the last game of the round is you, Reese, up against the Dos Destroyer. So Reese's name in Supercoach, so you know as well, Bandy, is actually Chunter's Nemesis. So we've got Chunter's Nemesis up against the Dos Destroyer. So they've got a bit of a love triangle thing going on here between those three. But um, do you think uh, the Chunter's Nemesis is going to get up over the Dos Destroyer? What do you reckon, Bandy? Uh, look, I'll, I'll back in Chunter. He's been uh, doing all these extracurriculars and really you know, climbing the rungs of the Victorian government. So that's that's got to count for something. So maybe Chunter in a close one. You're going to get the job done, Reese. Well, he's been doing something because he hasn't been super coaching this year. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I don't know what he's doing. He's he's got Taranto out, so I expect he's probably going to trade him. Um, oh yeah, I think I've got him. I mean, I have the wood over him the last couple of times, so fingers crossed I can get it done again. Yeah, I'll back you in, Reese. He's got Taranto to deal with and probably Rao. He'll probably be considering trading out. So, yeah, with those two. He's, he's, he's got Hugh Dixon. He's out. He's still got Nathan O'Driscoll, Caden Coleman, like Jared, Jared Berry. Oh, so yep. he's just getting yeah, he's, yeah, you know, he's... <laughs> Uh, he's still got Martin in the team, DeConey. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he's he needs six trades. Might need to be yeah. a welfare check. That doesn't sound like he's uh, logged on for a month. <laughs> yeah. Since he lost to DOS, I, I don't know what's happened to him. All he said in the group was, wow, and we haven't heard again from him. <laughs> yeah, that was the last thing he said. Then he vanished into a puff of smoke. All right, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in and good luck to all of you for this week. And thanks to my guests. Thank you to Reese as always for joining me. Um, and thank you, Bandy, for coming on. Before we go, Kalen, I just want to say good luck to Ewok this week. I think um, he's the only, the only player in, in any of the competitions I'm in that hasn't got a win yet. So good luck, Ewok. I'm really cheering for you, mate. Busy playing. <laughs> Um, not sure. Why are you actually? Yeah, it's me. So fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) You can do with the win yourself. (laughs) Mate, tell me about it. He's a a huge chance this week. My team is so cooked. I've got Justin McInerney for Christ's sake. Like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling this year. I backed in all the old blokes with Mitchell and Dangerfield. They've just cooked me with old man injuries. Yeah, you've got Taranto, Danger, and Hernal on your bench, unfortunately. Yeah, it's real good. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. And <laughs> Zach well. Bailey got All 22 right. last week. <laughs> See you, boys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks a lot, boys. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye for now.